This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ready to talk a little jazz basketball there, Gordon? Yes, indeed. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, he covers the jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at Trib Jazz. He's the one and only Eric Walden with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm spectacular. How's it going, guys? It's going well. And, Eric, don't take any crap from Andy about coming on our show. I want you to make sure and give him just as much business back, you know. You know, jealousy is a stinky cologne, Gordon. That's, that's what I'm chalking that up to. Eric, how how is the offseason treating you? You know, one thing I love about the NBA is there really isn't an offseason. I mean, we've got the draft right around the corner, free agency, which should be uh, extraordinarily entertaining. The Jazz Summer League coming up, Vegas Summer League, and then before you know it, camp is here. So you find time to actually take a break during the offseason? Uh, it's, the pace is definitely a little bit slower. There's still plenty to do, but yeah, it, it slows down a little bit so that I can uh, do things like listening to you guys discuss the virtues of a 27-foot three-point line and, and the demise of the mid-range game, allegedly. Dare we even ask Eric what his opinion is on that? Absolutely. Well, what, what do you think, Eric? Do you miss the mid-range so, game? Or? I'm so glad you did because hearing you guys, I was inspired to do a little research. I understand your point, Gordon, but I have to tell you that I think I think if you're worried that there's no mid-range game left in the league anymore, you are incorrect on that. <laughs> just from looking just from looking up the numbers on NBA.com on their stats page, the top ten players in the league in mid-range field goal attempts this season. One and two, you're probably not surprised with Marcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan of the Spurs. But after that, we've got Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Colin Sexton, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Terrence Ross, Andrew Wiggins, C.J. McCollum. Paul George is 11th. D'Angelo Russell is 13th. Devin Booker, 14th. Damian Lillard, 17th. Kyrie Irving, 18th. We have a ton of players in the NBA taking a ton of mid-range shots and doing it effectively. Hmm. Well, I guess my response to that would be, by far, the overwhelming number of shots come from the restricted area and from the three-point line. Yeah, you're not incorrect, but as you guys astutely pointed out before, three is greater than two. (laughs) We didn't get far in math, but we got that much all understood. Uh, Eric, you have a story up right now uh, at the Tribune, on the Tribune website, uh, that the Jazz hope to land a big name in free agency, but if they don't, there are lots of more modest quality options. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you wrote. Yeah, so everyone, you know, they've been taking a look at uh, the potential cap space the Jazz have with Ricky Rubio being unrestricted and Derek Favors contract not being guaranteed until July 6th. And so everyone's kind of been looking at, you know, what are the options there in terms of signing a max level free agent? We heard Kemba Walker's name come up for a while. We've heard Tobias Harris for a while. I just wanted to kind of take a look at kind of uh, guys who were a tier or two below that, you know, just in case the Jazz wind up not getting one of those guys. What are some options out there? Can they still come away with some guys who could help the team out and there's a lot of intriguing options you know the you know i've had some people reach out to me and say well no one on this list necessarily blows me away 
you know, we've got names like Dwayne Dedman, a center from the Atlanta Hawks, who shoots 38% from three-point range. you got guys like Al Farouk Aminu from the Blazers, Seth Curry from the Blazers, Darren Collison from the Pacers. The point of these names that I put together isn't that they're going to blow you away. It's that they're still very effective players who can make your team better. Eric Walden with us from the Salt Lake Tribune, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Eric, you mentioned uh, Derek Favors and the decision the Jazz have to make on him uh, by July 6th. How awkward uh, is that timing given the, the Jazz want to retain the flexibility if they could land a, a, a free agent, but also I, I know they value Derek's services. So how awkward does that timing make uh, the decision on him? You know, it's not as awkward as you would think. When the Jazz were negotiating with Derek last year, because uh, you'll recall he was a free agent a summer ago as well, they basically had come up with kind of a figure that they were comfortable with, and, you know, they're going back and forth. And they wound up kind of mutually settling upon this option where Derek would, you know, willingly kind of put that second-year guarantee take it a little bit down the road to give the team the option of doing this in exchange for getting a little bit of more guaranteed salary than he would get from someone else. Um, now, if you look back at the locker clean-out day that they had the night, the uh, day after they were eliminated against the Rockets, when Derek Favors came up and people were asking him, do you want to be back? He did speak you know, about how much he enjoyed the jazz and how much he liked it here. But he also said... His main priority was for, he said, I need my deal picked up. He didn't phrase it as, I definitely need to be back in Utah. He said, I need my deal picked up. Now, that could mean the Jazz decide that, you know, they're not going to get one of these max level guys. They pick up Faye's contract for the second year. And then who knows what happens from there, you know? It doesn't necessarily mean that from that point on he remains in Utah. He could be packaged as part of a deal after that going somewhere else for someone like, you know, Mike Conley, for instance. Who knows? There's lots of options. Eric, we might not know the the true individual names of players the Jazz are capable of, of uh, reeling in during the offseason. But what kind of player do you think they most need? You studied every game this year. What's lacking? Well, what they really need are uh, – Two things, I would say. They need some guys who can be playmakers, who can kind of do a little bit more with the ball. Um, You know, they had Ricky Rubio who did that. They had Donovan Mitchell who did that. And given how often uh, Ricky Rubio was not in the lineup, you saw, like, numerous instances where the Jazz were missing all three main point guards. And then Donovan is thrust into this unfamiliar role of having to run the offense. And really, there were just too many instances where if Donovan wasn't capable of doing something, you had a bunch of guys who were just kind of standing around waiting for a kickout pass. Uh, so that's one big thing. And then the second big thing is bringing in more shooters. You heard Dennis Lindsay himself say, we need some sharpshooters at whatever position we can get them. Uh, the thing is, once those guys got the ball and fired it up, they weren't you know, they were they were a lot more prolific from three-point range this year. They weren't necessarily that much more efficient at it. So they need guys, you know, like it or not, it, it, it's a component of the game at this point. 
And so you need guys who can bury those at a higher rate than what they had last year. Who are some of the best shooters? I'll put you on the spot here. I don't know, Jake, maybe you know the answer to this, but who are some of the best shooters that may not have star-level names who can really fill it up, who the Jazz might have a shot at, at luring in? Oh, yeah, that is putting me on the spot. Are you talking about guys who are free agents or potential trade targets? Yeah, yeah, I guess either one, uh, I guess. It's hard to know who the targets are trade-wise, but, I mean, are there uh, – who, who, Jake, do you know who's available I mean, who, I, can, who can f- f- fill it up? My mind goes right to Bogdanovich from oh. Indiana. I don't know what Eric thinks about uh, him, but he's kind of the first name that pops up in my mind. Or, of course, you know, you look at Danny Green with uh, with Toronto. Yeah, we saw that last night. Yeah, those are uh, those are two excellent names. Jake Boyan Bogdanovich is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, played with Indiana the last couple seasons. He's he came to the league a little bit older, so he's turning. I believe he's thirty years old already, but he averaged a career high eighteen a game with the Pacers this year. Uh, you would figure he's going to get a raise from the ten million dollars salary he had, and then yeah, Danny Green just absolutely lighting it up. He's a guy who I mentioned. In my article today, Gordon, uh, as one of the top available wing guys, six foot six, three and D type guy, really good defender, and yeah, if you watch last night's game, you know that he's deadly from three point range. I think he shot forty five percent from deep this season for Toronto. Wow! How about you mentioned his age uh, or the ages of some of Bojanovic? Bogdanovich, uh, do you do you think that matters at this point with the the developing core of uh, of Donovan and Rudy? Does it, it would getting older players help or hurt? Do they all have to sort of grow up together? You know, I don't know that it's a huge factor at this point. I mean, that's the thing. You look at uh, the guy who they were trying to acquire mid season, Mike Conley. He's a little bit older. He's in his thirties. So he doesn't have to be someone necessarily on the same age range as as the main core they've got already. I don't know that they would hate it if that happened, um, just because, you know, that, that gives everyone kind of a chance to grow together going forward in years past this coming one. But I think at this point, honestly, just given that Rudy is due for a big raise coming up, Donovan is due for a big raise coming up, You've got the financial wherewithal this summer to really add a key player who can augment the team's talent level. And so whoever that happens to be, you know, what, however old they happen to be, I think you got to take that chance. Eric, we get so focused on, on free agency. Let's talk about uh, trades for a second in the draft. And I'm sure you don't have, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, sources to report the Jazz are going to make a trade or anything by that. But do you, does your gut tell you whether uh, you think the Jazz might be actively shopping their first-round pick or actively looking to make a move uh, on draft night? I don't know if they're actively looking at it. I think that it's a definite possibility. You know, it's it's such a bizarre draft this year because. I don't know how much attention you guys pay to the mock drafts, but uh, there's a lot of guys who you see mocked to the Jazz. And in one mock draft, you see a name at 23 with their first-round pick. And with another mock draft, you see the same name attributed to uh, their 53rd pick in the second round. So it really is kind of that type of draft this year. Walt Perrin, the team's uh, VP of player personnel, 
who's the guy who kind of oversees all their draft workouts, made a comment a week or two ago that this draft, a lot more than many others, is really kind of all about the eye of the beholder. So I think while there are players who they think can be productive if they wind up keeping the pick, they're certainly not opposed to dealing it if they find the right trade. Eric, what do you make of what's going on in the uh, NBA Finals right now? Obviously, the story has been the the injuries to the Warriors. Uh, What are you expecting next? Well, so I guess we heard today that Clay Thompson is a go for Game 4 and Kevin Durant is out. So that really kind of makes things interesting. You know, you'd have to figure if KD is playing, that makes the Warriors prohibitive favorites again. This way, I'm really kind of intrigued to see what happens. You know, Toronto has been really, really a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. You know, I wouldn't have been shocked if, you know, this thing had ended in five games in the Warriors' favor before uh, it all started, if you asked me to make a prediction. But now we're kind of a little more on even footing. You know, it's for all the people out there who are upset about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors years ago saying, Here's one of the top three, four players in the league piling on to a team that was 73-9 and nine and came within seconds of winning back-to-back titles. Now, all of a sudden, it's leveled out a little bit more, and um, it's really kind of a toss-up at this point, you know? Uh, Toronto's playing very well. Once Clay comes back, I expect we'll see Golden State play better than they did last night. Honestly, I have no idea how it's going to go from this point. Eric Walden with us from the Salt Lake Tribune. And, Eric, I know you've been a co-worker of Gordon's for a, for a while now. And uh, I'm sure you have some behind-the-scenes interaction that would give our uh, listeners a chuckle. Uh, anything you want to blindside Gordon with now? <laughs> uh, you know, Gordon and I have uh, – we had, we had one little incident way back <laughs> when, and I promised him I would never reveal that. Uh, I'll just uh, – I'll just say that the sheriff, the new sheriff is in town and leave it at that. <laughs> I'm Gordon Monson. Yeah, yeah. Eric made his presence felt pretty early on, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty funny now that I look back at it. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to run by you, Eric, is what you thought about the league's action to this uh, minority owner, uh, the, I guess, investor or whatever you want to call him and his interaction with Kyle Lowry and uh, the, the, the shove and the penalty. Do you think that the penalty fits the crime? You know, so as the last I heard is that the penalty is he's kind of indefinitely suspended and prohibited from uh, attending any more games. Is that is that yeah. where it stands right now? Yeah. Well, I thought it was a year. Was it? Oh, a uh, year and a half million dollars. Yeah, a yeah. year, uh, a, a year suspension and a half million dollar fine. Okay, I hadn't seen that update. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I think the guy should have been made to sell his share of the franchise. Um, you know, we saw Commissioner Adam Silver kind of step in when uh, he felt that Donald Sterling had really gone, you know, to to depths unseen before as owner of the Clippers. And he forced Donald Sterling to sell his ownership of the team. This guy obviously not quite as involved with the Warriors, but you can't do what he did. I mean, for all the issues that we've had this season with fan interactions with players, and here in Utah we're intimately familiar with that. 
you can't put your hands on a player. You can't shove a player. And what was even the rationale for doing it? You know, because he was chasing a ball and dove in the front row and made a little bit of contact with the guy's wife. Clearly not intentional. To have him, a guy who's an investor in the team, react that way, honestly, I thought Adam Silver should have stepped in and told uh, the Warriors owners, you need to kick this guy out. You need to take some kind of action and get him out of here. Hmm. Eric, you're doing a terrific job on the Jazz Beat, and we really appreciate you making a few minutes to come on with us, man. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Eric. Eric Walden covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune and does a terrific job. You want to expand on new sheriffs in town? We want to, you want to get into that? Oh, uh, no need to. It's, no? it's funny. It's, it's, it's fine. He parked in your spot, didn't he? <laughs> How dare he? I was like, uh, just just asking your coworkers over there at the trip, just just wondering if there's any good story. You know, I I've got good story, Monson stories from the radio side of things. I'm just always curious if there's some good Monson stories from the trip. I uh, maybe. Uh huh. So yeah, I just I, I just got to ask. Now I'm going to have to ask him next time I see him off the air what that uh, what that was in reference. I think we to. ought to have the open mic suggest what they think this was about. <laughs> That's a great idea. You guys, you really going to throw gas on a, on, a, on a fire that it was extinguished a long time ago? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. What's gasoline for? <laughs> oh, Eric says uh, Gordon will remember, uh, and then adds. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. What was Eric talking about? <laughs> the open mic feature. Go to our Zone Sports Network app. You guys are too much. And you can record up to 15 seconds of audio hit send, and it goes right to Austin in the control room. It certainly was nothing that uh, stood in the way of uh, a good relationship. I'll say it that way. But mm. if you want to conflagrate it. Is that a that's word? That's a word. Look that up. Will you? I didn't uh, know I was allowed to do that. <laughs> I thought that was against my religion. <laughs> You go blind doing that? Thou shalt not conflagrate. All right. so let's check that out real quick. I don't want to leave our listeners hanging. Uh, this is important. That. How would you spell that? I'll tell you in just a second. Con, flag, you rate. <laughs> let's see. It says here. <laughs> it says uh, to catch fire. Mm-hmm. So you used to it correctly. fire. Got lucky Maybe. there. Yeah, you did get lucky there. Like the visceral things, right, Gordon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. I'm going to say Eric was the sheriff or the police officer that pulled Gordon over up in Manaway and gave him a ticket. He is the new sheriff in town. Quite literally, the new sheriff uh, in town. I remember that. You were grumpy that day. Yeah, that was so dumb of me because I knew that guy camped out there. and I wasn't even in a hurry. But, you know, when you drive a piece of machinery like that, you can't help but go 115. I love this song, by the way. This is not a beautiful song. Quickly changing the subject. <sighs> Big thanks there. What was Walden. it? Come on. For joining us in the last segment from uh, the Salt Lake Tribune. 
And we asked we asked for some dirt on Gordon uh, of uh, stories going on over there at the Tribune, and all Eric would give us was he said, "I'm not gonna." I told Gordon I wouldn't talk about it, but there's a new sheriff in town. So what was Eric? What was Eric referring to? Did you break wind and blame it on him or something? Come on, always blame it on the sheriff. Yeah. I think I think here's my theory. Gordon was upset because somebody messed with one of his columns, which does not please you. You know, whether they cut something out or wanted to change something. So you stormed into that newsroom. Stormed, yeah, right, with a pitchfork. Up, uh, you know, upturned a table, maybe two, and said, hey. Upturned a table. <laughs> there's a new sheriff in town. You put that six words back into my column. <laughs> those six words. I'm Gordon Monson. Well, to tell you the truth, I can't really remember what it was referring that's to that's a lie that no really i don't i don't recall not but true it, it was probably some disagreement over some usage of something or other you swarm into a blood oath to never tell you know it was. i can't even remember doing that so it doesn't really it, it's all good though because you know I really like Eric, and I respect him a lot. And I always thought that wow, it's big. When I talk, it is big. It sounds big. <laughs> Listen to that flattery. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, it was nothing. It was nothing. Are you kidding that? We call that Tuesday around here. Yeah, that's true. We do. Uh, I've thought- ever noticed that people you work with and people you respect sooner or later you're going to have a disagreement with them. Well, of course, we yeah. have them daily. That's that's what I'm saying. You think they need to move the three-point line for some reason, and I completely disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will no, say, no uh, guys. <laughs> I will no say guys. Uh, that Eric is doing a really great job over there. And I know uh, when he got that beat, I know a bunch of bunch of folks, including yourself over there at the Trib, were really excited for him. Yeah. As, uh, he deserved it, and he's very capable and doing a terrific job. And uh, I certainly encourage you to go see his latest, talking about free agency, sltrib.com. Do you think that's going to be a likely scenario, Gordon? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess if you go by past track records, the Jazz have not had a lot of luck landing big-name free agents. So in order to get a real-name player, it seems as though they're going to have to make a trade for the said player. But I think that they're smart enough, and the brain trust of the Jazz, smart enough to know exactly what they need. And they have a, probably a list of players who fill those needs to varying degrees. And which one is at the top of the list? Will they be able to edge toward the top of that list as opposed to, uh, okay, he's not exactly what we want. He's sixth on our list, but uh, okay, it's what we got to go with. That would be disappointing, especially with the core that the Jazz have with uh, Rudovan. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Good usage of, of Rudovan there, which I actually think makes it more likely that it is going to be a trade. And if it is going to be a trade, it seems to me like that screams draft night trade to me. Does it? So you think the action's going to happen within the next two weeks? I think it. I think it might, and I'm not. I'm not going with sourcing or anything like that. That's just me looking at at the situation and and kind of playing out the likelihoods in my mind. But the Jazz actually don't have a tremendous amount of assets to use in a trade. But one of the assets they do have is a first round pick in this upcoming draft. So maybe that that might be an opportunity if a move is is to be made. Who? Okay, now this is where it gets sticky. Who on the Jazz roster would you offer up in trade uh, who is valuable 
Who am I getting back? To get what the Jazz need, namely a wing score. Well, I mean, that doesn't really or clarify things because are we talking about uh, acquiring, you know, uh, an all star? Let's put it in a notch. Let's put it a notch below the all star, but right on the cusp of it. Um, anyone not named Donovan and Rudy? So Derek Favors oh, yeah. uh, is definitely part of Joe your, Ingles, Royce O'Neal, yeah. all the picks the Jazz all have, the all of the picks. Because the Jazz, I mean, look at it. They really don't have, they don't have a ton of trade assets to to move. They don't. And but if you tell me like they can pick up an All Star player. Uh, would you be willing to move a Rudy Gobert in that circumstance? If I get well, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I I, I agree with you. I don't think anybody is untouchable. Nope. On this roster, if I gave you the choice, I call you up. I got okay. It's a it's a conference call. I got you and I got Z on the line. You being Dennis Lindsay. Uh, and I offer a, an opportunity. There is an opportunity. Let's say I'm an agent or or a GM for you to attain uh, to obtain uh, Kimball Walker, Tobias Harris, or Russell. Which one are you most interested in? Tobias Harris. But I don't think it's going to be that simple. No, I know that. Man, I'll tell you, if the Jazz could get a player like that in this offseason, this town would be psyched. Well, and, and it would pump life into a franchise that right now, after having the finish to the season that they did this last season, I mean, this team is good. It's like Dennis Lindsay said at the locker cleanout, the team is good. It's just not great. A player like that would go a long way to making it, heading in that direction. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. She's been playing in a room on a strip for 10 years in Vegas. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you, spring into action before the summer rush. Get a complete AC diagnostic checkup for just 39 bucks. Scheduled today by calling Action Plumbing, 801-833-3333. Also want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans. Coming up Monday, June 10th from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East, right there in Sandy. You asked earlier what year uh, it's five o'clock somewhere came out. Yeah, I think it was in a. Well, let me see. It was. Uh, I think it was like two thousand and two. Oh, was it that long ago? I, I'm not sure. That's the implication in this thing I had in front of me yeah. here. But uh, it says here that, um, you know, the song "Remember When." was the second single off a compilation album. It was one of two new songs on the album, with the other being Jimmy Buffett's duet. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. There you go. Gordon, uh, I don't know if you saw this story, and I actually want to, I'm bringing it up because I want to talk to you about a a story that happened last week um, when you were uh, not with us. Uh, But did you see that uh, Mike Krzyzewski 
is going to have his grandson as a preferred walk-on at Duke. Yeah, that's next probably year. not the best idea. I can see why. There's already enough negativity that's poured toward Duke, and I'm not sure that that's going to help much. Oh, that guy is going to get the business in opposing venues, just sitting there on the bench. I mean, the, the people are are going to get after him. But the the does it does it bother you that they don't even try to mask the nepotism? <laughs> so you're saying that there is some value in just barreling straight ahead. I, I'm I'm just saying that this is basically Coach K extending the middle finger at everyone and saying, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" <laughs> Nothing. I'm Mike Shashevsky. Uh, but this, and I was joking with Austin about this before the show. This does, you know, like Utah hired their uh, their final assistant for their staff last week, right? And it just so happens that his son commits that day. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're that's not so, even hiding from it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, someone gets thrown in prison for three months. Do you have a Do you have an issue with that? Do you have a, a, an an issue with a little bit? Yeah. Because I do, but when we announced, when we talked about this story last week, nobody seemed to care. So your son can come, your son's a great recruit. We want him to come play basketball at Utah. And oh yeah, here's a six-figure job for you <laughs> if he does it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been going on for a long time. I know, I know he's popular down in Provo, or, or, or certainly was anyway. But you know, the the LP three commit to BYU, and the next thing you know, oh, Quincy Lewis has the job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I, I guess the the they, they don't even hide from it. I mean, it's not even a it's not even a concern anymore. The sheer brashness of it bothers it's me. Just a, it's a coincidence. Uh, no. I don't think it's a coincidence. Do you? I, I guess, can't believe we're I, even having I, this discussion. I guess it could be a coincidence, but uh, in most cases, it's not. So they 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 looked at this guy down at Costa Rica, their their newest assistant coach, and they're like, "Man, that dude can coach. <laughs> that guy that guy can really coach. We should really look at him." And oh goodness, look what I just stumbled on. <laughs> He's got a kid who's really good. Wow, everything is coming up us. This is terrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this stuff has been going on for a long time. No, I don't like it. No, I don't. But I can't think of a coach in college sports who's more powerful in his realm than uh, Mike Krzyzewski. All right, and we've we've seen this. Uh, coach Witt has had his sons on his team up at Utah, Gary Anderson. Had uh, multiple sons, I think, at least one. But I think he's had sons play for him. I mean, this is this is really nothing new. And the 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 Duke thing doesn't bother me as much as the assistant coach thing. Well, they're related. You see what they did? I there. I do see what you did. I mean, it's all nepotism, right? It all falls yeah. under that uh, falls under that umbrella. And maybe maybe one of the, a relative could be the best person for the job, whatever the job is. But it, it's just a bad look. But the uh, the odds of that are very slim. However, there is a trust factor that I think comes into play with a head coach and uh, whoever he has 
on his staff or you know so so that could that could play a part in that i guess if i'm trying to be benevolent really you're just really trying to talk yourself into this one aren't you <laughs> well i don't like it it's not a good look well i mean what's but the... what what would happen jake if i if i'm a head coach and there's someone i'm close to whether it's whether it's a relative or not somebody i consider a brother even though he's not necessarily related to me if that trust factor is really great and i look at him and say hey this guy's as capable as anybody else i'm going to hire then then i guess i might be able to find room for it how old is too old to be coaching your kid if I were a college basketball player, I don't think I'd want to play for my dad. No, I, and my dad coached little league teams and things that I was on, and I loved it. it. It was great, but I mean, at some point, you don't want to be coached by your dad, right? Ask the Reed brothers what their experience was like at BYU when their dad was the coach down there. I bet it'd be hard. It is hard. I can't believe Austin Rivers played for Doc Rivers in the NBA. I can't imagine what he went through. Yeah. And got a nice, nice fat contract from his old man too, might I add. <laughs> so, this is you know this is an interesting topic because it's you've heard the saying a thousand times: it's not what you know, it's who you know. Huh? And this goes on in every walk of life, in in some manner or another. So, what's the difference, though? This is, I guess, this is what it comes down to, to to me. What's the difference between Cam Newton's old man taking a couple hundred gur? for his son to go to Auburn and pouring it into his church or whatever he did. Uh, and, and getting hired uh, as a, an assistant. And getting hired as an assistant. If, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what those assistants are making up there, uh, but I would imagine third assist, probably probably six-figure salary, right? You would imagine, yeah. So if he stays there two, three, four years? It's kind of one and the same. Right? But yet we However, don't... he is, he could be rendering a service that uh, is useful to the to the overall endeavor. Well, okay, but are you telling me he's the most qualified? No, see, Again, that's now, the now we're back for the to the coincidence factor. Yeah. There's no way you, it's a you coincidence. You want the best person for the job. Right. And and if there's any other static, then then uh, you've got a problem that maybe just perception, but it even perception is a problem in that in that case. We've wondered about that even in other with other kinds of relationships. When Gordon Hayward went to Boston, then you telling me those other players didn't know that this guy was the teacher's pet, Gordon Hayward. I'm I mean, sure it's an issue. So I I, I yeah they get the benefit of uh, being in a certain circumstance, but there is a price that comes with it. All right, a quick programming note. Coming up on the FM side of the dial, uh, the big show rolls on. Coming up on the AM side of the dial, Hans Olsen, the good doctor, uh, is also in the house. So we've got a little doc talk coming up right around the corner. Hans is not the doctor. I worded that kind of awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, everyone's will going, be, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, it's Dr. Chalmers tonight? Okay, so Dr. Chalmers is oh, in good. the house with Hans Olsen, and they'll have a little doc talk. That's going to be going on on the AM side of the dial. Yeah, tune in.
Anything you're going to get looked at on your way out of the studio? <laughs> we should do that. Hey, Doc, you know, I've been meaning to have you. Look at this. Got this trick knee here. Can you come into this room over here for a little <laughs> privacy for a moment? So Hanson, Dr. Chalmers, Doc Talk coming up on 1280 AM, 855-340-ZONE. If you want to line up the calls already, get a jump start on it. 855-340-ZONE. FM, Big Show rolls on. Stay tuned, 97.5. Jake's got an itch. He can't get rid of 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We've had a lot of fun today, Gordo. Talked a lot of basketball today, which shouldn't come as a shock considering no. that free agency is right around the corner. And, oh, the NBA Finals is going yeah, on. Yeah, there's that, too. Yeah, it's on a lot of people's minds. I'm hoping uh, we'll both be able to uh, to get home in this gale force wind that's uh, that's going on out there. Yeah, that looks like a sky that if we were in Kansas right now, we might be uh, quite concerned about uh, some sort of funnel shaping. Was there a tornado warning going on, Austin? Uh, that actually turned out to be an exaggeration by somebody, but a severe thunderstorm, yes. Wow. But Have you ever seen a tornado? Um, let's see. First person, no, but I've been stuck in the middle of three separate tornadoes in a tornado warning where they're touching down just miles from where wow. I was. Wow. Was that frightening you? Oh, yeah. I'm well, bad. especially considering we were just about to get on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, and one of the, the tornadoes was actually a water spout that was not far from said bridge tunnel. Mm. Yeah, Imagine well, being on a bridge. Uh, when a tornado uh, no, came up on you? No, that would not be a good place no. to be. But we're sitting in a building that was struck by a tornado back in, what was that? How long ago was that? About 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was 1999, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I still remember uh, wood uh, boards sticking out the side of the building. Hmm. Tornadoes, man, that's scary stuff. Those people in the Midwest who deal with that uh, on a fairly regular basis, uh, you know, that takes some gumption. On a brighter note, uh, you're going to be hanging out with Bowler coming up tomorrow. We will, speaking of guys from the Midwest. Yeah, Bowler, uh, I'm uh, I'm getting out for a Friday real quick, just taking a quick uh, weekend jaunt with some buddies. And so Bowler is nice enough to uh, to be filling in. Really appreciate him doing it that. It will be the big show old style. It will be, the original big show. Should I just turn the show over to Bowler and let him do it? And just sort of pipe in with my little observations here or there. I'll tell you, Bowler has a lot to say. When he filled in for you last week, we had a great time. Uh, Bowler was, yeah, Bowler was rolling. So I'm sure tomorrow's going to be uh, Didn't have awesome. as good a time as what Gordon was apparently doing, according to Bowler. But. Well, yeah, I mean, you were off <laughs> at, at some erotic location. Exotic is what he meant to say. That's not what he said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He quickly corrected it from what I heard. From uh, play the tape, well, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think he corrected himself, didn't he? I think he just laughed. <laughs> Did he now? He knows you so well. Oh, please! <laughs> You're going to be gone tomorrow. You better watch your p's and q's. I am going to be gone tomorrow for an erotic vacation. Not an erotic vacation. Come on, well, yeah, Jake maybe. and I are having a good time filling in for Gordon, who's off somewhere uh, on a cruise or some sort of uh, an erotic. Uh, <laughs> vacation oh i'm sorry exotic exotic. sorry exotic exotic he was right the first time (laughs) wait i don't know if we played that whole thing because Kristen then recalled a time that you said something similar gordon that when she was on the show around valentine's day and you you were reading a list of the best gifts to give to your loved one on valentine's day what did she say do we have no she just referenced 
Well, it sounds like Gordon around Valentine's Day. That's what she said? (laughs) Oh, man. You don't remember reading that list? Well, I do remember reading... Scotty was in, and uh, we almost all got fired. (laughs) Did Chester take over momentarily there? Uh, I think so, yeah. You're developing quite the reputation, aren't you? Oh, come on. This is unfair. But yes, I, I mean, will I play be- along with the Chester character and all that, but come on. Yes, it will be gone tomorrow, but you're way too nice to tease me, so I've got that going for me, which is great. Yeah, when, when I used to uh, take a trip here and there, uh, I used to get reports about how brutal you were being toward me. Which was completely misrepresented. Really? Because it came from a very close friend of mine who I, it usually has very thick skin. But uh, so It was much worse than was, that friend told you. <laughs> probably so. And that was like 10 years ago, and you're still holding on to that. Yeah, that was a long... It just took me by surprise, that's all. And yeah. we were nothing but respectful, oh, even oh, then. Sure, sure. Uh, seriously, though, have, uh, have a good show tomorrow, and have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Yeah, you too. Uh, be safe, and don't do anything crazy, because I know who you're going to be hanging out with, and I'm a little concerned. Oh, yeah, I'm taking years off my life this weekend. This is going to be... It's going to be quite fun. <laughs> Where are you going? Where, what, are you, what establishments will you be visiting? I don't know. Actually, I think uh, my buddies and I, we just have a, uh, uh, we've got a house that uh, we've rented that's on the beach. Do you know anything about what the plan is? We really don't have a plan. Uh, I'm going to see a Padres game. That's the only thing really on the agenda. You may have to go see the Padre afterward to confess your sins afterward. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously. Anyway, uh, big thanks to Sam Amick for coming on the show today. Big thanks to Eric Walden of the Salt Lake Tribune who joined us. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon. thanks to all our listeners because uh, we couldn't do it without you. Jake, it's always fun, man. We have a great time. It doesn't matter what season it is. In fact, some of our best times come in the summer. It's true. It is true. We have time to wrap a little. Bowler's in tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.